And then and then I'll wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and they will both be cuddled up on the bed between the, me and my wife. And and I'm like, wow, where did this come from? Hmm? It's it's more like cat ulets versus meow to use. Uh, I didn't I didn't think you were going to be able to pull that one off. Kevin. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to act like I thought you you could pull that off. And you did. You pulled it out of a crystal clear sky and made it happen. I pulled it out of the sky, and you know what else I pulled out of the sky? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My <laughs> name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And today, we are continuing on with Alan Wake, yes, a.k.a. Stephen King, the video game, the novel. Yes. <laughs> Stephen King, the book, the video game, the book. Yeah, it's... <laughs> The flamethrower. Did we we made that spaceballs joke last week? I think. Yes, so we did. We've made several spaceballs references <laughs> over the course of uh, the two years we've been doing this show. And that was that was. I think that was like two or three in one one episode, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, it was. It was. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna before we we dip in dip our toe into the crystal clear water of Cauldron Lake. Uh, Phil, can you tell me about a website on the internet that's really good? A website on the internet? Oh, gosh, you just came out of nowhere with this one. A website? Oh, I know what I'll talk about. How about patreon.com slash pod? Oh, tell me more well, about that. It's a really, really good website. Now, see, what you can do is you can go on there and you can donate your hard-earned money in one of three tiers to us to help us keep the lights running, to keep us paying for the bandwidth that we're using in, a, in inevitably towards the future. Uh, and uh, in exchange the for this... Future. The future. The future is pixel lit. Um, in exchange for all of that, you will receive early episodes, new stuff. And I know we keep talking about new stuff, but Kevin and I absolutely have this stuff in the wings coming to you. It's soon. coming. And it's coming in. It's coming in hot. It's coming in hot, and you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind, grapes, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you worry about that, but you should check us out. Uh, see for yourself. Patreon.com slash pixelitpod. Uh, do it today. Do it today. All right. Let's put this body in the marsh. Body in the marsh. This ain't reality TV. All right. So we left off. Uh, we're, we're picking it up at uh, chapter 10. And uh, Alan has just left Barry in the uh, cabin. Mm. And he's... That's probably he's for best. It's probably for the best. And he's going to go. Barry. He's going to... He's going to make his way up to Lover's Peak. He wants he wants to to meet the kidnapper at Lover's Peak. So, uh as he's walking, there's an earthquake or an earthquake-like uh event and uh as he gets closer to the visitor center and there is the visitor center is ruined and yes. he runs inside and he finds Rusty wounded on the floor and rusty says that everything has come true based on this manuscript page that he's found and alan takes it from him and we get a little ding, another manuscript page collected in the corner da, 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 da. <laughs> and then alan goes to another building he runs across to get get a first aid kit and when he comes back rusty is gone and he is now uh, taken Oh the, man, uh, not he rusty. Now a, he is now a the taken, <laughs> and the taken trademark. The taken trademark. Uh, <laughs> so he fights Rusty uh, with his flashlight and revolver, and and melts the shadows and kills him. Um, and he's he's a little bit bummed about it because Rusty yeah. is the first person he truly knew uh, that had been a the taken. <laughs> <laughs> And this is this is this is kind of nice because this is uh, the taken. Uh, this is a theme that goes throughout the book where he's uh, justifying things in his head with these people that he's met. That he's it's not just faceless townspeople with axes and stuff anymore. It's actual people that he knows, and he's he's right. He's having a hard time with it, and I, I think that was a, a good detail to put in there. Yeah, yeah. Um... So he continues on the path 
towards Lover's Lover's Lane, Lover's <laughs> Peak. Uh, make out point. Make out point. He's continuing yeah. on the path to make out point. And uh, he's avoiding bear traps, um, dodging around the bear traps, and he gets to a cable car. And while he's on the cable car, those crows, uh, if you've played the game, the crows are really annoying. They sure the crows are. are swirling around him, and they're shaking the cable car, and it ca- they cause the cable car to crash on the other side. And he falls down, and he's he doesn't have his flashlight or his gun, and he's surrounded by Taken, and then he's saved by an unidentified man who shoots a flare off and kills all the Taken with one shot. Oh, thank goodness for that guy, whoever he is. Thank goodness that this guy was, this random guy was also at Makeout Point. Yeah. Um, and now, for whatever reason, based on the rules of Makeout Point, he saved his life, and the two of them must, you know, make out. Make yeah. out. Right, they got a neck. They got a they got they yeah. got a neck necking, which I never understood necking. Like it's necking? like an older yeah. It's like sucking on their necks. Is that is that what that is? Is that it? I don't I, know. I, People I've used done to a little use, necking. They're gone. They gone up to make out point to, and they're necking. Necking. Hmm. Just rubbing necks together. Just, just rubbing. Slapping. Yeah. <laughs> People just, just like, slapping their necks together. It's like it's like the romantic version of those those goats that slap their horns into each other. It's said that you aim for the, just the good meaty part of your neck and just whoomp. It's just like you, you put on the music and, it, and the mood is right. Yeah. And it, this, this, the sky is full of stars. And then you, you just hear. Yeah, just big meaty slaps. <laughs> Two, two sides of beef being slapped together. <laughs> and then and then uh, they one of them just goes too hard and they clunk heads and pass out and, and then, just just yeah. romantically dream in the moonlight. Yeah, they it's, not an, it's not a good necking session unless you get a concussion. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Did you really try if you didn't strain, sprain, or break something during your necking session? I think not. You know, the the real goal is internal decapitation. So <laughs> that's the that's the true ending of any. The good true ending of life is, is internal decapitation. <laughs> if, you co- if you collect yeah. all of the collectibles and and do all of the subquests before the credits roll, you too can experience internal decapitation. Oh boy! So. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, internal decapitation is when you get decapitated, but the skin is still holding your head on, but <laughs> nothing nothing inside is connected anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All the important stuff. All the important stuff is damaged, but, you're, yeah. but it looks like you're not decapitated. But if in all intents and purposes, you are. Yeah, if, if you want to know more about this, uh, go to Make Out Point and do some necking. Uh, eventually, do it'll come s- up. Necking. Brought to you by murder. It's already um, such a violent episode. <laughs> such a violent episode. I mean, so, okay, let me pause here for a second. By the way, I played through, and I'll we'll get into it, and what are you playing, but I played through Alan Wake ah, in between yes. episode uh, one and two. Two things I learned. First of all, we were wrong. Sam Lake is not the the face for Alan Wake. Right, uh, it's some I'm, other dude. Um, uh, I'm so disappointed because I thought I thought that would have been pretty damn funny, but that would have been funny, and it's yeah. it's also funny when we're wrong. So mm. um, that's a good point. That's a very good point. But it mostly happens during the Halo episodes. So mostly happens during ready. the Halo episodes. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Number two is that there is a dog that Rusty is taking care of, and we talked about it. I think in the previous chapter. Yeah. Um he's 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 you know fix his dog got wounded or whatever. Um in the game it's it's skipped over in this chapter but in the game uh after Rusty turns when you come back you see you find the dog dead on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right where you find Rusty. And they game killed a good boy and I don't uh... really condone that. I don't, I don't, uh, there's, there's just, uh, 
you just you just you have too much to lose with that kind of a move Don't, and not nearly enough to gain not nearly enough to gain yeah i so I, just playing just playing uh resident evil resident evil has no problem with killing good boys they're they're zombified good boys uh but there are a ton of them in fact and uh they have no problem with that and and i found that shocking i just finished far cry 5 and that had a bunch of good boys in it that i had to kill uh, Far Cry uh, five or six? Six. I'm sorry, six. Actually, five had some too. Now that I think of it, but yeah, yeah it, it and I genuinely found it shocking. I'm like, I just got finished headshotting like 14 different, you know, gorillas or whatever. But a but a, a dog runs at me and I shoot it. I'm like, no, no. Can oh. I give it a a treat? And you know, I'm on my way up the renegade bone. path. God damn yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, chapter 10 ends with a segment about a girl named Ellen and mm. she's looking up at the, at the sky, but can't see the stars. Um, chapter 11, uh, the man and Alan wake work their way up to the top of lover's peak and have a bit of back and forth and wake puts it two and two together and realize that this man is not, is the kidnapped kidnapper and is not necking material. Not um, his type. No, not sir. his type. So the Taken surround them, and Wake is like, give me a gun. The guy's like, ha-ha, no. So Wake has a flashlight while the other guy is shooting. Uh, after they clear the Taken out, the man reveals what he wants is the rest of the manuscript in exchange for Alice. Yes. Um, Alan, and the man, Alan and the man get into a bit of a fight. The man then gets away and tells him that he has two days to get him the rest of the manuscript, or Alice gets it. Um. Alan runs down the path and hears a radio with Pat Main on it. That, I mean, it's just several pages on. It's a, it's a hey, lot. You. Bless God, your goodness. I, I sneezed. Ah, ah. Yeah. It's Is that uh, loud? No, not really. It's fine. Okay. So it's Pat Main, we, yeah. hear, we get, we get Pat Main on the radio. Um, there's not much else there, but there's a few pages dedicated to Pat Main talking to, is it the doctor? Is it? Was it? Was this the one? The doctor? I can't remember. I I uh. I, I gotta say I like the radio stuff. Uh, I think it's a really interesting through line uh, that we run into, uh, and and it adds kind of a creepy factor to it. Because honestly, I remember this is a it sounds like a, a weird aside, but it's true. I, I I used to deliver pizzas when I was in college, and this was before spotify and all that shit and so i'd have like six cds in my car that i'd listen to and sometimes i get sick of them just turn on the radio and there's something genuinely creepy about talk radio at night even if they're talking about the most innocuous stuff it's weird it's creepy so i like this edition but i i'm not i i don't keep up with it at the same time sure (laughs) if if there is if there's a if there is a more important meaning behind it i'm not picking up on it it's it's just nice atmosphere as far as i'm concerned and i'll get into it later but it makes less sense in the book than it did in the game okay Um, okay there's having just played the game it's like there's there's more of a reason to have pat main's radio show constantly pop up than there than there is in the book Mm. um but we'll we'll get about uh back around to it um so he gets a call from barry and the birds are angry they want to eat barry um so alan runs back to the cabin and he uses a flare to scare off a bunch of the birds and barry drags him into the house and uh, that's the end of chapter 11 and we get a segment at the end of chapter 11 about stucky and how the the darkness took him yes um chapter 12 alan is having trouble writing still He's staring at a yellow legal pad, uh, and he thinks about how he lied to the sheriff about knowing anything that happened the night before, and then he also has a brief dream about typing at Bird Leg Cabin, typing on his typewriter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barry comes back inside, and he's gotten a call from Rose, who was the waitress at the diner, and she says she's found the rest of his manuscript pages, and as they drive out to her trailer, uh... Barry talks about how the Native Americans nearby thought that Cauldron Lake was a gate to hell, which, okay. All I'm, right. I'm hit or miss on, like, the mostly miss. Actually, I'll just come <laughs> out and say it. I'm, 
I miss me with applying Native Americans like, oh, the Native Americans said something <laughs> spooky about right, this place. Man, right. fuck off. Like, it, did they? <laughs> did did they, they really? Did they? Like, please yeah. stop using them as just like something to prop up a a a, a mystery or whatever. Because it's kind of it's 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 a stone's throw away from like, well, you built bought a house that was built on ancient Native American burial ground. Right. And that's why you're getting haunted. And we're like, come on. Well, and I and I don't I'm not an expert or anything, but I don't think most Native American religious traditions have anything like a hell. They've got horrible right. spirits and stuff like that, but they they don't they don't have like a hell. That's mostly white people shit. That's mostly white people yeah. shit. And yeah. there's so many different Native American spiritual traditions. Yeah. I mean, just across the across North America, there was so many different nations, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, of uh, of Native Americans that it's it's it just doesn't feel right to be like ah, it was their version of hell, the Native Americans version of hell. I'm like that's Which somehow that's like, different yeah. from yeah, it's more esoteric it's like, and strange. And if if you're having trouble grokking what I'm saying, just think <laughs> about like it's the year it's like 100 BC, okay? And you say the Europeans version of hell, and <laughs> like, well, okay, so you have the Romans who have one thing, and you have the Greeks who have another thing, and you have the Nords who have another thing, and you have mm-hmm. the Germans, and you have the Picts and the Celtics, and you have the you have all of these different groups. You have the yeah. Gauls. You have <laughs> like, yeah. what, like who are you talking about? Um, I think there was like uh, maybe a specific tribe mentioned, but just like the phrase Native American hell, I don't know. It's it, it's it, just it, such a it stood out to me as well, like, it's it's a very tired, well worn, cheap way of getting some esoterica into your story. You know, it's, it's, you, you can rest easy that most people who read what you've written are not experts in native American culture or, or anything like that and and couldn't really feel comfortable just jamming it, just assigning it to this group of people. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, Um, that's pretty much sort of like, sort of like the, you know, they, they, uh, that happens a lot with, uh, with, uh, uh, the travelers in in Europe, you know, if, if oh, you sure, want to sure. do some some spooky stuff, uh, just throw it on them, and and <laughs> you know, old Romani always good for a uh, uh, you know, yeah, oh, like just just shove a ghost story and make it, and yeah. make it their fault somehow, yeah, and be like, yeah. well, okay, they're um, not going to be around for too much longer. They'll they'll be moving on to the next village, so they can't be mad. They yeah, of course. Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway, just uh, my my pause and rant right there. Rant um, number one. I'm gonna write down the time. <laughs> Phil's keeping track, uh, <laughs> keeping score. Um, the sheriff calls. Uh, they get to the trailer park. The sheriff calls Alan and is like, "There's an agent Nightingale here from the FBI who wants to talk to you." And Alan's like, "Yeah, I'll get right back on that." Um, and they ask the trailer park manager, whose name's Randolph, to take them to Rose's cabin. And he fills them in on some lore about Diver's Isle, Thomas, Thomas Zane, and how Barbara Jagger is basically a story that, uh, moms tell to scare their kids, um, at this point. It's just, like, evaporated into myth. Um, and that Diver's Isle got that name because the guy who lived there liked to dive, uh, in like, you know, scuba suits or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they Old get to Rose's trailer. Yes. And, uh, they get to Rose's trailer and go inside. And there's a segment at the end of this chapter about the darkness that wears Barbara Jagger's skin. Yes. Barbara Jagger. I, I, I got that, a kick out that, of what that cat was, was that? That, just, that was Jonesy. That was Jonesy. I, I, I left I, the I, guys. I left the door open. Uh, <laughs> Their mom's not home and they, I just, I'm leaving the door open so they can wander a little bit. Cause it drives them crazy when there's a door closed and I'm a naive fool. They're just, they're walking all over me literally and metaphorically speaking. <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. Across the camera. Yeah. And that was Jonesy. <laughs> Bastard. Um, 
Chapter 13, Rose is being really weird. Um, and she doesn't actually have the manuscript and she tries to like flirt with Alan a little bit. Like you just need a new muse. Yeah. Um, and he is like, come on, we got to go. And uh Oh, there's drugs in the coffee. Um, Barry collapses, (laughs) Barry collapses first. And then Alan collapses as well. And he has a dream about the diver telling him he needs to switch the lights on. And then he dreams of the lady in black telling him he needs to finish what he started regarding the manuscript. Alan wakes up and flips the lights on and finds Rose rocking back and forth and uh, Barry is asleep. And uh, Alan gets Barry into a wheelbarrow and runs with him up to the front gate. He sure does. (laughs) He sure does. And then FBI agent Nightingale shows up. Uh, and we find out Randolph has called the cops. Fucking Randolph. Fucking Randolph. He's like, ah, you guys, you've been in there all night with, with Rose, and she's a good girl. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing in there. Called the feds. Um, (laughs) He probably did. He probably started at the top. Started at the very top. Randall, for uh, the last time, you can't call when you think your neighbor is getting fingered. That's just not that's not what that's, we do. It's <laughs> not how we handle things. It's not we ha- how we handle that's, things. That's more for the local cops. <laughs> yeah. Nightingale shoots at Alan, just starts firing at him. And Alan leaves Barry there and makes a getaway. Um, and uh, then uh, Alan, chapter 14, Alan is being chased through the woods by the cops. Um, and Alan is not a cop, not a no <laughs> fucking cop, no fucking cop. Um, there's a lot of conflict in this chapter with like just the dark presence is killing off deputies and, and other cops and stuff like that. As he, as he is making it, doing a, a sneaking, it's a sneaking mission. It's uh, a sneaking through, mission <laughs> through the woods. He gets to a ranger station. Uh, and eats some food and listens to the Pat Main radio show. Of course. Um, of course. And then there's a segment at the end of chapter 14 about a guy named Bill and how his wife has disappeared, but he doesn't really care. <laughs> He's kind of all right with it. He's kind of all right with it. Uh, chapter 15. So Alan is going to meet the kidnapper now at the mining facility. Uh, and he gets there early and he goes inside with a gun right and he's he's ready to go, you know. Yeah. And uh, he stops and he learns a little bit about Bright Falls Mining Company and how it founded the town. And that's neat. That is neat. Uh, we get a little history lesson. We get a little history lesson. When he gets inside, he hears Alice's voice, but it sounds wrong. So Alan follows Alice, Alice's voice, into the tunnels, into the mining shaft and continues running when he gets jumped by a group of Taken. He fights them off, and then the kidnapper calls to tell him to meet him at Mirror Peak at midnight. This fucking kidnapper is like, ah, you're here. Let's change it again. He's, yeah, he's very ballsy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so that night, Alan is running towards Mirror Peak when he hears the kidnapper struggling with someone. Turns out it's the darkness attacking the kidnapper, and the kidnapper is saying to the darkness, ah, we don't have Alice. We were just, you know, fucking around. My, and, and sorry, my boss doesn't know who he was messing with. And the kidnapper has a boss. Ooh. So Wake is over there, and he gets pulled into the darkness storm. Um, and he, gets, he sees a boat down below in Cauldron Lake approaching him, and... While he's in the air, pulled up by the storm, he cracks his last flare, and the darkness kind of like scatters away from him, and he falls into the lake. And last thing he remembers is someone pulling him up. Um, and at the end of chapter fifteen, there's a segment at the uh, about the Anderson brothers' farm. Yes, one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah, mine too. It's it's probably the most interesting. Uh, there's a moment in that that sequence that's just amazing oh yeah um chapter 16 alan wakes up in dr hartman's care he tells alan that he woke up from having an episode (laughs) 
and that Alice has been dead for a while now and that he is under his care. Alan isn't sure what to make of it, but doesn't quite believe Hartman. Uh, and, you know, Hartman tours Alan through the facility where he's going to get better and all that stuff. And yeah. Hartman seems stops, though, and he's like, huh, there's a storm brewing. That wasn't on the forecast. I didn't, didn't seems, know that was going to happen. He seems a little off put about that. And yeah. then they go by and they meet one patient who is a game designer and they, yeah. Hartman has some nasty things to say about game designers. Um. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that in the game. I got a kick out of it in the book. I, yeah. It's good. And then Hartman, um, they talk to the Anderson brothers uh, who are uh, Tor and Odin uh, Anderson. And Tor is playing with a toy hammer. Of course. <laughs> Do you and, get the uh, metaphor, guys? You get it? You get he's, it? He's, he's Thor. Um, and then uh, Hartman leaves Alan and the Anderson because he needs to deal with some power issues that they're having. Um, and the Andersons pull him aside. We're like, hey, you're all, your head's all messed up. You got to get to our farm. And we left a message there for you and uh, and all that. And you got to drink, drink our moonshine. It'll feel like moonbeams on your brain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do a lot of that talk that that kind of that yeah. kind of stuff yeah um they also talk about baba yaga uh, or barbara jagger used them and, got a kick out of that i got a yeah. kick out of that and now she's using alan too um so the anderson brothers as um certifiable as they might seem are just like they're the they're the previous Allen, basically. <laughs> yeah. A couple of other creatives uh, that used to be on top of the world and then lost it. Lost everything. Uh, there's another lightning strike. Um, and the power is totally out. Uh, at this point, uh, Tor uses his toy hammer, which has somehow become a real hammer, uh, to bludgeon the nurse and yeah. let Alan get away. He just cracks a nurse across the skull. I just... <laughs> And it's like, I mean, I, we talked about like the when the shadow takes out, you're not the that person anymore. You're a taken, you know. And, and but with these, it's like, oh, you just killed. Okay, okay. Oh, that she wasn't a taken. That was no, just a nurse. That, that was just a hit. nurse you killed. <laughs> uh, all right. Wow. He's, and he says something about behold my the mighty Mjolnir or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Just murders a bitch in cold blood. Um, so Alan, uh, it, this lets Alan get away into the staff area. And he uh, he opens a door and uh, we get a cliffhanger with him opening the door. We get a little bit about at the end about how Zane, about Zane and how despite writing himself out of existence, um, he kept things in a shoebox that would remain. Uh, chapter 17, in that room, behind that door, is Barry. He's in the room, and he, he was there to find Alan and Hartman, uh, you, like, sick some goons on him and locked him up. Um, and they go into Hartman's office and find some tapes, uh, one of Alice and one of Nightingale, and then he notices a picture of Hartman and the kidnapper standing together. And Alan's like, wait a minute, this is all a trick. They're like, yeah, I mean, I figured that. That Barry being there would have tipped you off. Yeah, but. you didn't. You didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, Alan, Alan you've been gone for five hours. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, you should have picked up on this a lot sooner. I, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, Alan. Hartman arrives and Alan points the gun at him, telling him to cut the shit. And Hartman was like, oh, I just wanted to, I wanted to just use you, your skills and my expertise. We could have done something great. Um, they leave Hartman in the room and lock the door behind them when the room starts getting dark. And uh, behind the door, they hear the darkness killing Hartman. Uh, uh, so basically, to, to, to catch people up is like the Hart Hartman was aware of the darkness. Um, he was like aware of this thing. And he was like, oh, I can use the creatives that it has been that it has infected or whatever yeah. or touched to get what I want. 
Um, Barry and Wake try to make their way out, and they see Birch, uh, the nurse, get caught in some goo, and blood starts leaking from his ears. Um, they see another television set, or Alan sees a television set with, with himself typing on it, uh, revealing that something has had him trapped in the cabin and making him write. Uh, they conti- continue, but eventually get separated when a barrier of furniture forms. Alan tells Barry that he'll find another way around. Alan steps in some goo and voices tell him to doubt himself, but then he gets free and gets outside. On the other side of a security gate, Barry has his car, but Alan needs to go through the hedge mage maze. So uh, Alan's in the hedge mage. He's, he's running around and Birch is stalking him with some hedge trimmers. Uh, Wake kills him, melts his face off with the, the light, kills him and follows the sounds of Barry's horn beeping for him in the parking lot and they get in the car and drive away. And at the end of this chapter, there's a segment about Thomas Zane falling in love with Barbara Jagger. Um, then we get chapter 18 and, um, on the car ride, Alan listens to the tape of Alice and he realizes that this was how they fooled him before by basically cutting up an old recording of Alice talking to Dr. Hartman. Uh, yeah, they, they home was, alone to him. They home alone to him. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to give you to the count of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Alice, what do you mean? What do you mean, Alice? To get you no good, rotten, yellow, dirty, <laughs> yellow carcass off my door. <laughs> but Alice, but one, <laughs> two, ten. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be Alice. Alice hates guns. What's going on? Alice doesn't know how to use a Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Alan recounts what happened. The darkness gave him uh, the key to bird leg cabin instead of Stucky giving him the right cabin. Hartman and Mott never had Alice. The darkness is using Barbara Jagger's skin. She was Thomas Zane's muse. And Alan realizes everything typed in the pages is coming true and that he might have the power to bring Alice back. Um, Hartman was using those affected by the dark presence, but didn't realize how strong it was. And Alan tells Barry that they need to get to the Anderson's farm because that's where the message was left for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice is more to the tape and mopes about what a terrible husband he's been. But then a big pile of boulders rolls onto the road and Barry swerves off the road. They end up rolling down the hill. Alan jumps out of the car, but Barry stays in it. And the car just like settles at the bottom of a ravine. And the chapter ends with Alan calling out, Barry! Yeah, crying out for Barry. And chapter 18 has a segment at the end about a good boy. So I take it all back. Uh, has a segment <laughs> at the end about a good boy getting... Uh, his skull split open. That's by right. An axe. So I take it all back. Fuck you, Rick Burroughs. Come on. Come on. As my wife would say. Come on. Come on. So, so one, they removed one entire scene in this section from the game. Mm-hmm. And that is after Alan runs from the uh the cops he goes to pat main's he goes to the recording studio yeah yeah that's right and he he talks to pat main and um like uh, nightingale like shoots at that that like shoots into the radio station (laughs) and nearly kills pat main and then there's a um a moment the next day if you listen to the radio where you hear, um, seems like some folks are out there looking for for somebody. Um, so if you have any tips on that, uh, give 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 them a call. But if I uh, he like apologizes to Alan uh, yeah. for inadvertently tipping the people off as to where he is, um, which I thought was like a nice touch. It was like, oh okay, uh, and that was like a nice little moment in the game where uh, you know that. It, and I could see why you would cut it for plot por- uh, purposes, but I feel like you almost should just cut everything Pat Main related, yeah, out of the book. Then you know if it's, you're not going to have it. Was just a weird choice. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, cause that was another moment in the game. I enjoyed, I thought it, it was, it was it, the, the thing that the advantage and disadvantage to this kind of storyline is that you're so isolated, um, for so long, uh, and then, so when you meet up with people, whether it's in the psychiatrist's office or at the Anderson farm or, uh, at the radio station, that sort of thing, it's this, it's not a safe room far from it, but it does give you this kind of breath of fresh air that really keeps the charge running. Uh, and, and so I, I think miss, <clears throat> excuse me, missing out on another opportunity for that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they pushed it further back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's the end of, of what, of our reading for today. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling I, about it? I feel good. It's fine. Everything is competent and, uh, and it, it's hold up. It's held up nicely. It's not, uh, they're not taking a lot of chances in terms of, uh, altering as you very well know, cause you just finished the game. Uh, right. so, I think I want to see more of Nightingale because based on the way that we're hearing about Nightingale and seeing Nightingale, do you know what I, I, I think of? Have, have you ever seen um, the Frighteners? Yes. You know, the character that Jeffrey Coombs plays in the Frighteners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a really weird Hitler haircut. FBI. FBI quote, quote, yeah. yeah. It is just strange and like uncomfortable all the time. And God, that man is, that is it. That is an unsung hero of character acting, by the way, Jeffrey Combs can do no wrong. Oh, um, he can do no, I, I love him as a, as a character actor. I, oh, he's, I, he's brilliant. He's absolutely, he, but, but he should have been, he should be, he should have been an Oppenheimer too. Like, Oh my God, of course he should have been. Absolutely. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs looks like a guy who should have been in that movie, you know? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> He's great. He's just great. But yeah, uh, I keep, I, I kept picturing that character in my head every time Nightingale, because the way they write Nightingale is this strange, wobbly, kind of odd sort of character. Not what you expect from a fed. It's, it's very strange. Um, so I'm enjoying that and I would like to see more of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So far, uh, yeah, they're they're doing good. They're doing good so far. Yeah, so far it's fine. Yeah, perfectly yeah, adequate. I'm perfectly adequate. I'm not <laughs> not hating it. Not necessarily nope. loving it. It's no. just you know it is it is what it is. It is what it um, is. So with that all being said, uh, Phil, what are you playing? Oh, oh, I'm so glad you asked. I uh, just finished uh, Aliens: Dark Descent. Mm. Uh, pumped about 20 hours into it uh, and I intend on playing it through again uh, because it does scratch that XCOM-y kind of itch with a franchise that I enjoy more. I also am so deeply frustrated with it um, because this is probably the best designed game uh, for Aliens that I've seen in a while. Like it, this should have been the game. It should have been the Aliens equivalent to what Alien Isolation did for Alien. If right. you said the best video game to represent Alien, you hold up Alien Isolation. This, this is what Alien's all about. Sure. This. And sure. you should have been able to hold up Aliens Dark Descent as this. This is what represents Aliens. Um, but it is, it's so beautifully designed. The ideas are there. The storyline's really good. Uh, it's a really haunting, interesting storyline. Uh, and the follow-through, the execution of this falls on its face so frequently, like game-breaking bugs, all kinds of random shit. Like, I've had to load from previous saves so many times. Right. And it's frustrating because it, it, need, it needed a little more time in the oven, is what is clear sure, and obvious. Sure. And it's very frustrating because if they had held off, let's say six months, um, right. to really spit shine this bad boy, this is game of the year material. No, no hesitation in my mind. This right. should be my game of the year. This should be it because it feels like it's tailor made for me. It's got that strategy quality. It's the right franchise. It's got this great stressful atmosphere. It's the first real time strategy game I've ever played. Um, that 
scares me. Like it does keep sure. you tense and on edge. It encourages yeah. a careful, methodical playthrough. Um, it's wonderful for so many reasons. And it breaks my heart at how broken it is. Uh, I hope mm. that this time next That's year it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, it is. And and I hope that this time next year it's patched to fucking back because what's so frustrating to me is I was so, I was so tense with all of the shit that was going wrong, but I was still going, I want more. We, are we going to get some DLC? Are we going to get a sequel? I would play it. I, I just, I just I don't think we it. are. I don't yeah. think we are. If this is how they're putting it out there, they're not going to, I, I don't know how it did in sales, um, sure. but it's broken as shit. Uh, and it's, it's just a testament to how incredible their intentions with this game were. Uh, that I played it through to the end and, and intend on playing it again. Uh, sincerely, right. it, it's weird to be that flustered over something that you enjoyed that much, but that's why it's cause you no, see I get it. I mean, that I wasted get it. potential. Yeah. So that's, that's my, that was, that was the, the better half of, uh, the last week. And I, I, but speaking of wasted potential, I did finally break down and buy blood bowl three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know the Blood Bowl uh, series is one that you're you're particularly fond of. So. I love it. I think it. I'm, I'm a. I'm a. You know, a lot of I, we've talked about this in the past, where the the friends we have online and our fans and everything like that. Uh, I think a lot of them would be surprised at how uh, involved in sports uh, you and I are. Uh, you more so than right. me, but I'm still right. a big football fan and stuff like that. And. Uh, I love Blood Bowl because it's so clearly the English making fun of American football um, right. with, with you know, the Warhammer world. And I love it. And I play Chaos, uh, which is which is like basically uh, basically meaning I don't even care if I win. I just want to kill some of your guys. Sure. Uh, I want to ruin your, your team. And uh, it's mean-spirited and fun, and I really enjoy it. And uh, it's one of the only games, competitive games, that I really enjoy. I, I'm a pretty passive guy. I don't really care for multiplayer games. They're not really, right. unless it's like a co-op multiplayer thing. I enjoy that. Um, but I don't, I'm not really all that competitive. But there's something about Blood Bowl that brings up the competitive spirit in me. And I really enjoy that. And when this was released, it on Steam had mostly negative reviews. And sure. Yeah. I remember was, looking at it and I was like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> and, it, and people were complaining about, you know, uh, there was just a lot of stuff you had to pay for after you right. bought the initial thing. And just that kind of cash grab bullshit. Right. And recently uh, they were messing with it. They changed some things. And recently, God help them. This, the, the, the reviews are now at mixed. Uh, oh, that's, yeah, a, that's a big bully, step up. Bully for them. And so I went, honestly, that is good enough for me. And um, I'm enjoying it in the same way that I've enjoyed every Bloodborne game. It's frustrating. It's fun. It's Blood Bowl. Uh, blood, not yeah. Bloodborne. Blood Bowl. It's Blood Bowl. I I enjoy it. And it's unfair uh, in all the right ways and, and fun in all the right ways. But I see why people are frustrated. It's got the same kind of... Uh, they do see, they're do doing seasons. Uh -huh. And it's got oh, the same... Season pass and all that stuff. Kind of. It's more or less the way that... like. Um, the way that Marvel Snap does it, you pay oh, okay. to get on the board so that like you hit a certain level and you earn these little rewards and they're aesthetic things mostly. Uh, it's not pay to win necessarily, but the funnest part about Blood Bowl has always been customizing your team and, and making right. them, you know, uh, interesting and different. And that's why I like right. playing Chaos because I like mutating them, giving them all horrible, horrible claws and tentacles and shit like that. <laughs> uh, it's fun, but but there is a serious like uh, a serious amount of uh, of uh, uh, you know in game micro transactions and shit like sure. that. And if this was a free to play game, then that would be one thing. I would I would happily give them money right. for all kinds of good shit. Uh, but it was a $30 game to begin with. And mm. that's cheating, in my opinion. So that's that's not good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep playing it because I don't know what's good for me. And uh, and I just I like Blood Bowl and I'm so I'm gonna keep playing it, but I feel like there was a lot here 
Um, that again, they squandered that could have helped them survive longer. I, I I went to play a match today and it took forever to find an opponent on a Saturday afternoon. And I don't know, man, I don't, I'm not sure how much longer this thing's going to be around if that's how it goes. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. So a little disappointing, but Hey, it's blood bowl. I'm, I'm enjoying blood bowl, baby. Yeah. Forget it, Jake. It's yeah. blood bowl. Town. It's blood bowl. What about you, Kev? What are you playing? <laughs> All right, so in between uh, when we've recorded the last episode and this one, oh boy, has there been a lot. All right, so first, first and, and foremost, Alan Wake. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm actually gonna beat it this time. So I played through the entirety of Alan Wake, um, and just so I could get a feel for how the game and the book compare. And honestly. There isn't a ton of difference between the game yeah. and the book. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's basically the book just has cut out the action sequences for the most part um, or slimmed them down considerably. Um, so, yeah, that's been like uh, that was that was the main thing. And it it's an interesting game. It's it's fun. It's a little one note, though, because it's yep. like every sequence is shine a flashlight and then shoot and shine a flashlight and shoot and then maybe do a cinematic dodge or whatever right uh, and i thought for like a, a game company that is very well known for their like their gunplay in games like 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 you got max Payne and you got control alan wake kind of sits in the middle of like no oh, it's it's fine it's not mm-hmm. it's not the most interesting um it seems like a game that would have been cooler if it was um, more of a mystery. Um, yeah. More of a mystery game rather than... But it it suffers from the era that it was released in, those Xbox 360 era, you know, everything was a third-person shooter. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's true. Um, it's very much a game of its own. In time. the late aughts or whatever, it was... Everything was that. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, it's I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, what else have I been playing? Okay, so uh, I I beat two games that will be going on my game of the year list, probably. They're oh, relatively short horror games. Um, so the first one, Killer Frequency. Ooh, I own this. I want to hear all about it. I've been looking forward to this one. Okay, so Killer Frequency... It's based on a game jam game that a few employees from Team 17 made about three or four years ago. Um, and a, a lot of the employees that originally made that game jam game have like moved on from Team 17. Uh, but Team 17 like took the idea and really expanded it out. So you play as a DJ um, who is used to be this hot shit DJ named Forrest Nash. It's it's set in like the 1980, it's like 1980 something, you know, you don't really, actually no, there is a specific year. I think it's 1987. So he plays this guy, Forrest Nash, who was a hot shit DJ in Chicago. You know, he, he had a radio show that had millions of listeners. Something happened in an interview and it might've, come up what exactly happened in like some of the stuff you can find in the game i i didn't find it something happened and he lost his job now he's working in a podunk town named gallows creek good name good name good um and uh one night he's been there for a week one night he gets a call and this is all the first like this is just like the first 20 minutes of 20 or 30 minutes of gameplay just to, up to the inciting incident, basically. He gets a call from Leslie, who is the 911 operator for the town, and is, and is like, something bad's happened. I won't tell you, I won't spoil it, but like, I need you to take over. I'm gonna run dispatch over to you, to the radio station. You need to handle the calls tonight because you're <laughs> the only other person in town who could reasonably talk to people, like handle people on the phone like that. that so I'm wild. patching it through to the to the radio station. And there's a there's a serial killer on the loose in the town, and you're getting calls from people all night for, for, that are being stalked by this serial killer, and you have to talk them through surviving. And 
The wild thing is, like, you are not seeing anything. You are in your DJ uh, booth, and you have to talk to them, you know, make the right, like, dialogue tree choices, ask them <laughs> the right questions, find, go run around the studio into, like, somebody else's office and find a thing on their desk that might, like, shit, this person is, is having this problem. Uh, this other radio host just talked about something like that go run to their desk, like pick something up, run back and like, okay, so if you do this, you might like, you might be able to survive. It's, Dude. it is such a neat concept for a game. That is really cool. And I had so much fun with it. Um, okay. So uh, Killer Frequency, you already own it. So you might as well mm -hmm. go ahead and install it and play it next. It really only takes like four or five hours to get through. Nice. Um, so it's a it's a tight game. Yeah, I've my playtime was six hours total. Um, so yeah, I think it takes about six hours um, to 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 get through to the end. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, highly recommend it. Nice. Um, so that's Killer Frequency. Uh, the other one I played was Homebody. Homebody which is published by the Game Grumps, made and published, oh. or made by the Game Grumps. Um, Jory, who I think is their lead game dev in their little game studio. Um, Jory, and it's it was uh, co-written by uh, Leighton, uh, Leighton uh, Gray, I wanna say her name is. She's She works for the Game Grumps as well. Um, okay. So, Homebody is a game best played without knowing a ton about what is going to happen in Homebody. Okay. But what I will say is that it is a throwback to, it's like Alone in the Dark and Clock Tower vibes. Okay. Okay, um, I'm intrigued. <laughs> it has the pre like the pre-rendered camera angle stuff that like Alone in the Dark and uh, Resident Evil have um, the locked off cameras, um, and it's that it has it's it's kind of a point and click. It's a mystery. It's a horror, um, and it's got some like Outer Wilds. Uh, oh. Uh, clue stuff happening with it um and that's that's like the extent of what i want to say about it um, okay in terms of thematically because there's like it's one of those things where it's such a tight little experience four to five hours tops mm. um it's such a tight experience that the more you say the more it's like lessened if that yeah. makes sense that makes perfect um, sense absolutely <laughs> yeah i totally um that. But I will say, thematically, it's about anxiety, anxiety and depression. Um, oh shit! Specifically okay. about the anxiety um, and a little bit about the agoraphobia of the main character that you play, um, Emily, and um, she's. Uh, it's it's really interesting as the game progresses, finding out more and more. Um, and I'll, I'll. There's like one little thing just a morsel there's like um there will be a moment where you're talking to somebody and they'll ask you something and you could tell like you have these options of dialogue to say back to them and then you click on it but instead of emily saying that uh she deflects so instead Ooh. of being so like the option that you want to pick is like is like the truth or a more direct option but instead of actually saying it the character who suffers from a severe anxiety deflects from actually saying that oh that's interesting that's really interesting okay and it's okay. like it's like oh yeah that makes sense like you tell her to do that and then it's like she's like nope i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> okay all right not wanting to rock the boat <laughs> That's really interesting. Okay, cool, um, cool. So I definitely recommend checking out Homebody. It's wild how few people have actually played it, um, even with its association with Game Grumps. It's right. not like 
it's not like Dream Daddy because Dream Daddy was like, you know, colorful and uplifting, gay dad, dating simulator, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, right. It's like, it's like, it's, it's bright and cheery and all that. And, and, and just like caught on like wildfire. Homebody is this very, uh, dark old school looking game that is tough to actually describe to people. <laughs> so I understand that it, why it hasn't caught on, but, uh, it it would be I I, I want to see more people play it. You know, um, it, it makes sense though. I mean, that's 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 why it's good that we have. That's why some of my favorite games year in and year out are indie developed games. Uh, as big of a name as the game Grumps are, they're not EA. You know, so they they right. they're going. They're not making AAA games here, and that's where people are taking real chances and trying new things and. That I mean, you just sold the game, as far as I'm concerned. That is sure. that is really, really intriguing. So I'm in. I'm totally in. Sure. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you're in. And I hope some other uh, people are in also. Hell yeah. Um, next on my list of like little indie games to play, indie horror adjacent games to play, um, is Bramble. Because you talked about Bramble a whole lot. Oh yeah. Um, honestly, my I have a ever I, I have a pretty solid top ten. Um, <laughs> you do. You this, sent me it. I was like, oh damn, yeah, you're well. It, you're yeah, set. I have a. It's a. <laughs> it's a top nine so far. Yeah. Um, so and at the bottom of the list, it's amazing. The bottom of my top nine for games of the year is Bolt Gun. Right, and that was a, a pretty solid damn game. It was a solid damn game. Right now, it's it's the one that will get pushed off the list because right now, um, in I might as well give you your my mid year update on my game. Yeah, of why the not? Year. I'll do I'll do the same uh, thing. Uh, so, uh, and this is in no particular order. My games of the year so far are Amnesia: The Bunker, mm-hmm. Dead Space Remake, Dredge, Homebody, Killer Frequency, Pizza Tower, Resident Evil Four Remake. System Shock remake and Bolt Gun. Okay, okay. I've got a. I got seven right now. I've got my okay. little Steam list with my my game of the year list right now. The short list. Uh, Aliens: Dark Descent. Uh, Amnesia: The Bunker. Bramble: The Mountain King. Dredge. Hi-Fi Rush. Resident Evil Four remake and Bolt Gun. Yeah, We're and that's have a very similar list this year. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like Bolt Gun and uh, Bolt Gun for both of us, and Alien Dark Descent for you. Um, mm. Those are probably the games that, over the course of the year, and more things come out, might fall off. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Because honestly, like I have high high expectations for Bramble the Mountain King. In all likelihood, by the end of the year, I'll I'll feel comfortable saying Street Fighter Six is on my game uh, of the year list. That's another one I gotta try. Um, that, that looks super fun. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, we got five-ish months left. Uh, I mean, and there's a lot of stuff. Like, frankly, the uh, remasters of the Metal Gear Solid games, I have to play those because that's that's one of my biggest blind spots in gaming. Sure. I, I, I've never, I, like, let's see. What else is coming out this year? There's the uh, Space Marine 2, Blasphemous 2, Armored Core 6, uh, War Hospital, which I keep bringing up and I really want to play. That looks really good. The Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, uh, Lamplighters League, Robocop, Rogue, uh, Rogue City, Skyline, City Skylines 2. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it, yeah, there's a uh, Robocop Rogue City I'm really uh, curious about. I need to play uh, Trepang 2, um, which uh, looks pretty cool. Um, and also, um, I have some other games that, you know, I might might throw in there just for fun. Um, yeah. But, like, uh, like I have uh, Save Room, The Merchant, is on my oh. list. Did you ever oh, play shit. this? Sa- Did you ever play Save Room? I love Save Room. I love yeah. Save Room. I didn't know just they had a... a... There's a sequel. 
Um, God damn and for it. those of you who don't know, I think we talked about it whenever we played it on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we talked about this game. Save oh. Room is literally just a it, just a game where you reorganize Resident Evil style like uh, inventory to make everything fit. And Save Room, the merchant, is the new version of it that is like in it introduces like a merchant character, and it's only two and a half bucks, I think. Oh, uh, well, that's going on the wish list because I, I loved Save Room. That was a great way to waste a few hours. That was super Yeah, fun. I mean, it was like, it was so satisfying. It I, was. I, I, it just yeah. was satisfying. Oh, yeah. 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 Love it. All right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, if you get a chance, please go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Do we have a threads yet? Do we did, not do yet? We, probably. We're probably going to get one because we need to, we need to kick. It'll Twitter be at pixelit pod on threads. If it's exactly. based on your Instagram username. So eventually we're going to be on threads at pixelit pod because, uh, social media is a hellscape owned by it's billionaires. True. It's um, true. <laughs> and somehow, somehow in this twisted world, Elon Musk made fucking Zuckerberg look palatable by comparison. I don't know how. I don't know how I, he does it. It's unreal. It's it's a gift. It's, it's a real gift. To it's make amazing. Mark Zuckerberg, who had a movie made about him, about how much of a dip he is. Yeah. And it's insufferable. More palatable punk. than Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, so, it's a fascinating world we live in, Kev. At Pixelipod on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and eventually threads. Uh, Pod on, on, on Patreon. By the way, we have the new Patreon update, which allows you to be a become a free member of yes. our Patreon. So I recommend go go over to... You don't have the cash? That's fine. Go over, become a free member of the Patreon podcast. Yeah, join um, the community. You'll, get updated. You'll, you'll be updated when uh, new episodes drop. Uh, uh, early episodes drop. So that's... That's uh, that's perfect there. Um, we're off uh, to go record a bonus episode. <gasps> a bonus episode. I don't say. know. Become a patri- patron to find out more about, about boner episodes. Come on. Um, have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye.